Welcome to Salem Fields Community Church. I'm your host, Pastor Jason. We're so excited that you've decided to join us for worship today. We hope that you've found a nice, comfortable place to, to kick back and to just be able to focus in on God for these next few moments. We're going to be continuing our series that everything's changed um, as Pastor Kelly delivers the messages, focusing on the promise of Jesus. Jesus has promised us some great things and um, how we can get through times of uncertainty and when things start to change. So we're going to be able to enjoy that message today. A couple of things I just want to remind you of that uh, we want to have uh, you to tune back in if you have small children at 1020 um, with uh, Rainy as she brings together a small uh, time of uh, worship for our children. Um, and then at 1035, if uh, your middle school and high school students want to join us again, Pastor Tone will be there to uh, deliver a nice uh, time of worship for our students as well today. Um, a couple things that we've got uh, that we would love for you to do is to fill out that connection card today. Um, you can find that at the top of your screen under the connection tab, or you can go to salemfields.com slash connect. And this is a connection card is just a way for you to stay connected to us so we know how we can best serve you as your pastors um, and church. Um, another couple things that we want to make you aware of is that we have our deeper dive discussions that take place every Monday at 2 p.m. Um, this is where we can kind of get in and sit down with the pastors uh, to find out more about the message. And so we want you to be a part of that. We have our journey takeover on Tuesdays, our, our lunch breaks on uh, Zoom on Wednesdays, uh, our time with children at uh, Family Connect on Thursdays, and of course our prayer time on Fridays. Lots of things going on every throughout the week. We want to be able to you stay connected to those things. So you can check those all out on our social media pages or go to our website to see for the times of those things. Um, one last thing is that we're going to take our tithes and offerings today. And again, this is just a way that we continue to put God first and trust God with their area of finances. It says in uh, his word that um, you can test him in this and he will make sure that when you faithfully give uh, and you cheerfully give, that you will be uh, your needs will be met. And um, and those needs is making sure that you have food and uh, shelter and clothing. And God's always promised to, to, to take care of those things for us. And so we're grateful for that, that we have a God that has, again, given us a promise um, that we're going to talk about today of, of how we do that. We're just so excited, again, that you're uh, joining us for worship. And um, as we go, uh, let's just prepare our hearts and, uh, and, and sing praise to him in these next moments. Let's go. 
Jesus is waiting. God so loved the world. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God Oh, my life you have been So, so good With every breath that I am made Oh, I will sing Of the goodness of God I love your voice You have led me through the fire In darkest hell Close like no other. On you as a father, I'm on you as a friend, and I have lived in the goodness of God. So my
of the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so Wasn't that a glorious song? I love that. Oh, God, you have been so, so good to me all along the way. I'm going to sing of the goodness of my God. You know, folks, we record these services, but when I think of that song and I listened to it earlier, I got so moved in my heart. I pray that it touches you in the same way and that you will enter in to these worship services online or however you see it in a way that allows you to feel the very presence of God. One of the reasons I love to record out here is because in this beautiful setting, I'm just moved at the power of God. Even when I hear the birds singing and I look at the blue sky and the green trees, I just think, how big is my God? And he loves me and he makes promises to me. It just blows my mind when I think about the God of heaven making a promise to us. How wonderful is that? How good is that? And I love our scripture for this week. It's from Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. And there, the writer of the book of Acts, Luke, who also wrote the Gospel of Luke, says to his friend Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do in my former book, and all the things he taught until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the disciples he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Praise the Lord. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Oh, I love that. Our God has promised us power. His Holy Spirit giving us the power to be His witnesses wherever we go. Even in coronavirus time, we can be His witness, shining His light. Praise the Lord. You know, those disciples did what Jesus said. They waited, they prayed, and in a few days on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came just as He was promised. I love the phrase that's in this next song. I touch the sky. I touch the God of heaven, really, when my knees hit the ground. 
praise the Lord, worship as we sing together. What fortune lies beyond the stars Those dazzling heights too fast to climb I got so high to fall so far But I found heaven as love swept low My heart beating, my soul
Oh, praise God. When we pray, our God answers. When our knees hit the ground, we touch not only the sky, we touch the throne of God, and He hears our prayers. You know, we've been praying a lot about a lot of things going on in our world, and especially here at Salem Fields Community Church, and our God is answering. I want to know if you've heard the good news. Our goal is to add a new worship venue in two weeks, Sunday, May the 31st. I just really want to encourage you to know this good news. Along with our website, Facebook, and all the other media platforms where we can have our services online, we plan to have live services at our building on Gordon Road at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Sunday, May 31st. Now, that's our plan. If things change, we'll have to change, but that's where we're headed right now. We're going to follow all the government guidelines and rules. We're working hard to provide an experience that's simple, safe, and welcoming in a totally brand new situation that we've never been in before. Uh, yeah, it'll be held at our building, but I assure you folks, you got to keep this in mind. It will be different, vastly different. We, want any, we don't want anyone to get the coronavirus. Nobody to get infected. So we're going to do everything we can to keep all the rules. And there will be rules, not requests. Sorry. I know it's our church and, and we feel so at home and we need that. But right now, we've got to recognize we don't want anyone to get the coronavirus. And so we're having to set rules. And we're going to be talking about those with you over the next couple of weeks. So be watching things online and everywhere you can so you can know what's going on and what would be expected if you feel that you are able to come on Sunday, May 31st, to one of the services to be in those live settings. We're going to have all of the things in place for sanitizing. You're going to have to wear masks, no exception, except unless you're less than three years old, if you choose to bring children that small. And I want to encourage you, if you're in, to ask, if you're in an at-risk group or you have any question about being in a group of any size during the coronavirus quarantine and all the phases, don't feel guilty. Don't feel obligated to come to the building. If you feel led and you want to be here, I want you to be here. But at the same time, you can come in online. You have so many other options. This should not be guilt-driven or obligation-driven. This should just be a, a hard thing, and you know it's okay for you to be there. And you'll follow all the rules and guidelines that we have to put in place. Our welcome team are working. I mean, they're after it already to figure out all the steps that will be involved. Our staff, we're just doing a lot of stuff to figure it all out. We're going to have things in place from the time you hit the parking lot and park in every other space to the time you come through the door and get a mask and all of that. And so I want to encourage you to really be ready for that day. Now, again, if the government changes all the directives, we'll have to change our plans as well. But we're praying that God will continue to help us to be able to have services Sunday, May 31st at 9 and 11 a.m. Praise the Lord. You know, everything around us may seem to be changing. But praise the Lord, we serve the God who never changes. He's rock solid and he's with us. Praise his name. Let's just go to him in prayer right now. I want to ask our wonderful director of children's ministries, Rene Peppers, to lead us as we pray. Father God, thank you so much that you give us everything pertaining to life and godliness by your precious and magnificent promises, Lord. Thank you for every promise in the word. But most of all, thank you for the promise that you made from the beginning and that you fulfilled in Jesus, that you promised to send a redeemer to save us from our sins. And Father God, we are so grateful that you also gave us the promise of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit dwells in us right now as the Holy Spirit dwelt in the disciples. 
Lord, we are grateful for your promises. We are grateful that we can count on you, even in unsettling and uncertain times, that your promises are always yes. So we thank you, and we pray this all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Hey, folks. So thankful to be worshiping with you this morning. Looking forward to unpacking uh, the rest of the story or the next part of the story on the way to Pentecost. So it's, uh, it's super exciting for me, and I'm hoping that we generate some spiritual momentum as we're moving towards the birth of the church, uh, which is great. So when we started the process, you might remember, we started in this uh, fear and uncertainty and, and not knowing what happened after Jesus died and was resurrected and just the, the disciples were in disarray. And then we moved into this place of doubt uh, with the story of Thomas. Then we started talking about miracles, and miracles led to restoration and forgiveness, and here we are at promises. Now, what's interesting about promises is, and, and maybe it's just me, I kind of think the promises, is, it comes before uh, the rest of them in, in the sequence of events. And the reason I say that is because the totality of Scripture points to these promises that God has made. In fact, most of what we know about God has been revealed through his promises from the very beginning of his revealed word. And I think that's pretty amazing. So we're going to continue talking about the promises of God today and specifically the promises that Jesus made in Acts at, at the very beginning or birth of the church. So we're pretty excited to do that. Thank you for joining us today. Hope you enjoy the ride. If I say anything that bothers you or is controversial at all, you can email me directly at jason at salemfields.com and I'd be glad to respond to that. I'm just kidding, you know. It's not Jason, it's Rich at Salem Fields. Just email that, take good care of it, as mad as you want to get, no problem. So come on with me, let's journey. Well, as I started the process, like a lot of pastors probably these days at least, I Googled what I was looking for. And I like to get a sense of what Google has to say and just like what's out there before I start really digging in uh, historically or uh, linguistically or what have you. But when I started to Google results, best promises kept in history, right? I was looking for some magnanimous promise that was made by somebody that was recorded in history. And, and somehow, you know, this is massive earth-shaking promise or a really cool movie quote or something, you know, high level speaking stuff I was looking for. I found nothing, it was crickets. For an hour, I tried changing phrasing and whatever. I couldn't come up with any reasonably big promise that, that I could point to and say, this is what a promise kept looks like. Now that's interesting to me. Of course, there's little promises and little things that sort of happen along the way that I could, I could open up to you, but the truth of the matter is there's nothing big. Almost all the Google results that I found pointed towards broken promises, either politicians, which were high on the scale, a lot of them, or relationships. It was kind of sad, really. I started kind of looking at it saying, hey, is, are we just a pessimistic people? I mean, is it that, that when we hear promises, we just assume promise equals promise broken? Uh, maybe, or it could be that we're conditioned animals. We are like this because we've had so many promises in our life broken, so many trusts broken in our life that we naturally gravitate to expecting the same thing over and over again. And it made me wonder if that's part of the issue when we're thinking about God or what Jesus said. Are we so conditioned that promises will be broken that when we hear something that God has promised or something that Jesus has promised that we just don't pay much attention to it because it's just another you know, hot air promise? 
Well, interestingly, as I was typing in Google, I started to notice a trend that was happening. When I would type in best promises or biggest promises, Google would autofill of God or from the Bible, right? Those, those similar phrases. Now, if Google can point us back to the fact that if we're looking for massive kept promises, that we look no further than the scripture, and not just any scripture, but the, the Hebrew Christian scripture, that then there's something to that. Google is saying that apparently, if I want to look for the biggest promises, those human changing promises, those history changing promises, look no further than the scriptures. And I have to agree with Google in this instance. I think it's 100% accurate. So as we move forward here, we're going to unpack some scripture. So if you have your Bible, let's go to Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 1. So we're starting at the very beginning of Acts and reading through verse 8. Verse 8 is our memory verse this week, which I will reiterate to you in a moment. In the former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day that he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles, he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Are you hearing what's happening there? Let's, uh, again, the, the key verse that I want you to memorize and that we're going to be working on today is verse eight. Let me read it again. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. All right, that's out of the NIV. All right, I'm gonna do something that I normally don't do. If you've heard me speak before here, you know that I love to dig into a piece of scripture and tear it apart and dig into all the history and the linguistics and all those things. I'm not gonna do that today. So if you're disappointed with that, then you can buy me a cup of coffee uh, when we're allowed to get back together or we can Zoom meet and you can send me a cup of coffee through DoorDash, but it's gonna cost you coffee. That's the bottom line. So I'm not gonna tell you who Theophilus is or go into all of that, what, who I think it could be or, or, or the deal, any of those things, because they're not really germane to what we're talking about today. You know what? I have to do it a little bit. I Pardon me, I cannot not do this a little bit. It doesn't matter who Theophilus is, but let me explain a little bit about Luke. And I think this is important to what we're talking about. We think that, and, and most scholars believe that Acts was written by Luke, the same Luke from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, Luke was not one of the original apostles, okay? So that's important. Luke is an aggregator. And I know people like to talk about, well, Luke was a doctor, he was this. None of that is relevant either. The fact of the matter is Luke aggregated information and firsthand accounts from people who knew Jesus and experienced Jesus. So Luke literally went around collecting stories and putting them together for Theophilus. 
whatever the purpose was. But we know that Luke is not a pure historian. Luke's job and, and his goal in this writing was not just to transmit history, not every fact that happened or every detail or every little thing that happened. Luke had a purpose. And it appears that Luke's purpose was to prove to Theophilus or whomever might read this work that Jesus was exactly who he said he was. Now, that's important. It's important because Luke would have only included details that strengthen his case. Now think about that for a minute. If Luke is going to write about Jesus and write about a fact that Jesus promised something and promised something pretty massive here, that the spirit of God was coming and that people were gonna be empowered and that they were gonna change the world starting in Jerusalem and working their way out, Luke would not have included that in his writing unless it could have been proven at some point. So I think that's pretty awesome, don't you? I mean, Luke is really telling us here, this is significant. I'm able to write this here and tell Theophilus about this because I know that it happened. That's incredible to me. And it just makes me feel kind of cool and better, right? So hope it does for you too. So Luke was aggregating this information for us. And here's what's going on in the, in the passage as Luke has recorded it. In the story, Jesus is about to leave. Okay, Jesus is about to go. He's, he's had these interactions with his disciples since his, his resurrection and over 40 days, we know as, this, as the text is read. But of course, we've already heard the story before. So we know that Jesus has appeared out of nowhere, walked through walls. He's appeared on a road and disappeared on a road. Um, he's made breakfast from a miracle load of fish that he created on the, on the side of a boat. All these things that Jesus has done. I mean, he's even presented himself to Thomas and the rest of the disciples and offered his hands in his side to prove that he was who he says he was and that he was alive and well. It's pretty amazing to me. And so now Jesus is, is literally sitting down with his disciples, giving them some basic instructions before leaving earth. Get it? Bible, B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. It's so cliche, but it works here. So Jesus was, was literally Bibling his, his apostles here just before he leaves. And what he's telling them to do is, I want you to stay here because something incredible is coming. Now, I mean, get this. This is so amazing. What's Jesus really doing? He's dispensing hope to these people because he knows how easy it is for them that when he leaves, and he's not just gonna disappear through the wall again, this time he's going back to the Father, as he says, to prepare a place for us, and surely he'll come back again, but we don't know when, and nor do the disciples know when. Now look, they're, they're still hung up on the fact of, is Jerusalem coming back to us? Are we getting rid of the Romans? Are you gonna overthrow all these things? And Jesus is, is saying, man, guys, this is not important. What you're worried about is not important. Something so much bigger is about to happen. I mean, earth shattering, universe tilting, big. The Holy Spirit is coming. Why is this so important though, folks? Now think about this. Why is this so important? Jesus kind of describes to us why it's important, but the truth of the matter is, and I'm gonna give you a little sneak peek at the end of this. He is fulfilling one of the original promises of God the Father from the First Testament. Because God, from Genesis onward, has consistently said, I will make you a people. I will gather people back to me. I will reconcile people back to me. 
and I will dwell with them. Now, Jesus dwelt with them, some. I mean, when he was in Capernaum, he dwelt with the Capernaums. When he was in Jerusalem, he dwelt with, dwelt with the people in Jerusalem. But he wasn't everywhere all the time. Things are about to change significantly. Now, I do find this kind of interesting because if you look at the, the promises Jesus has just made and is about to fulfill a promise that was made to Adam and Eve and Noah and Abraham and Job and, and uh, Isaac and Jacob, right? To Obadiah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Isaiah, Jeremiah, all of these people, David, a constant promise that God had been making is about to be fulfilled in the coming of the Holy Spirit and the birth of the church. And you and I get to experience this firsthand. This is so awesome. So think about this. As God has promised all of these thousands of years that he was going to make a people and that he was going to dwell with people, it makes me think of Christmas. Is that weird? <laughs> Maybe, because I, I've never been the biggest fan of, of the particular celebrated holiday. I love what happened um, on Christmas and the purpose for it, but the rest of it, nah. But here's the cool part. There's a song, and everybody knows it. I, I, we sing it even here, I think. And, and it's we talk about Jesus being called Emmanuel, right? You, you probably know what I'm talking about. At least you know the song. And I know that half of you out there, yeah, I can hear you. Half of you out there are saying, yeah, Emmanuel means God with us, right? And, and that's, that's, that's awesome. I appreciate your take on that. Here's the truth of the matter. If, in fact, it means God with us, then, uh, and that's, that's really awesome. It comes from uh, Isaiah 7, 14, and the, the term Emmanuel, he will be called, it's a prophetic Messiah, uh, Messianic prophecy, excuse me. And that's what it is. But I want you to think about this a little bit deeper. Okay, so if it means God with us, and that's great, it's describing something about God. It's describing his attributes, right? So God blesses, God gives, God takes away. God heals, God judges, God forgives, um, God with us. It's, it's a part of what he does. But literally speaking, the, the phrase Emmanuel really translates to the with us God. Yeah, I, I hear you. I, I, you don't even need to be in front of me to hear you say, Kelly, what's the difference? Who cares? Well, there's a big difference because God with us is what God does. The with us God is who God is. Think about that. When you're asked the question, who's your God? I mean, in those days, that was a common question to ask a traveler. Who is your God? My God is the with us God. That's, that, that's revealing who God is and his intentions for humanity more than just something that he does. It's okay to think the other way, but think about this. Jesus himself, his very description is a facet of who God is is the with us God. And I love that. Again, that's a promise that God has made. And in fact, one of the biggest promises ever made in the Bible that God says, I will be with you.
the entirety of Scripture points to this one promise of God saying, I will make a way to redeem you. I will, you as a promise breaker, we are the promise breaker. I will redeem you. I will reconcile you back to me. I will make a way and I will dwell with you. And think about that. Exodus 33, 14, God promises that his presence will go with us and give us rest. Haggai 2, 5, God says, don't fear because my spirit is with you and in your midst. Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27, God says, I will take this heart of stone. Remember, this heart of stone comes from our sin, our promise breaking. God says, I will take this heart of stone and I will turn it into a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and give you life. Matthew 3, 11, um, John the Baptist baptizes with water, but Jesus will baptize with the Holy Spirit. And allow me to stop here just for a second, okay? Because this is a question that I get a lot. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, people don't understand it. And I'm not gonna get into great detail. Again, this is a multi-cup of coffee discussion we're talking about here. But, but for the sake of this discussion, I want you to hear this one thing. Baptism, there's really these two forms that were just mentioned here, water baptism and spirit baptism. So think about this. Water baptism is an outward baptism and it's a sign of commitment. It's a mark of commitment. Water baptism or outward baptism is a mark of commitment. Inward baptism or the baptism of the Holy Spirit that's being described here is the mark of transformation and power. Very different. One is a mark to tell other people, I'm committed. The other begins the transformation process and continues it and completes it and makes us powerful and brand new. That's awesome. And that's exactly what Jesus has been talking about back in Matthew um, and, and moving forward. It, the, the Holy Spirit ignites this fire transformation within us. Uh, and then we begin to, to carry out exactly what God has commanded us to do, be witnesses to the entire world. In John 15, 26, Jesus says that a helper is coming to testify, but then he clarifies a little bit more in John 16, seven through 15, he says that specifically, if he doesn't leave, then this helper slash advocate can't come. And he then describes exactly the purpose of this coming spirit. Again, you got to look at what he's talking about. He's describing in John here what he's talking about again in Acts. And so they help kind of define each other. So let me read that to you so you can really understand what Jesus says about the spirit that's coming. John chapter 16, starting in verse 7. But I tell you the truth. It's, it's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment, in regard to sin because men do not believe in me, in regard to righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can no longer see me, in regard to judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the father is mine, Jesus says. That's why I said the spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. Did you hear what the, the power of the spirit that's coming and, and what's about to happen here? It's amazing. Jesus is describing that the Holy Spirit is 
guide into truth, that he represents all truth, and that everything that the Spirit tells us in, from inside when he dwells within us comes from Jesus, and everything that Jesus has is from the Father, all three of them in one. God himself is putting his Spirit within us to guide us, protect us, lead us, grow us, transform us, and make us brand new so that we can proclaim that to the rest of the world. New life. That's the promise of God. Total transformation and total community with him. Personal relationship with God. That's what we're talking about. That's why this promise is so huge. It's not just, I promise I'll pick up some milk on the way home, or I promise I won't say that again, or I promise I'll, I'll be there at seven. This is life-changing promises. It's awesome. Hal Lindsey said, humans can live about 40 days without food, about uh, three days without water, about eight minutes without air, and about one second without hope. So what's the point? You're probably asking me like, man, thanks for the history lesson, Kelly. That's really great. I've appreciated that. It's like, it's so cool. And you're so passionate about it. That's awesome. But what's the point? Who cares? Well, who cares is Jesus understands that the moment that he leaves the earth, his, his disciples and those people that have been following him are susceptible of losing hope. And Jesus knows that there's no way that they can survive without it. Jesus is literally breathing life into his disciples and into us at this very moment by, by promising, reiterating promises and about to deliver what God has been promising from the beginning. That's amazing to me. We need hope. So it tells me that hope that sustains all life, the building blocks of that hope are the promises of God. And here Jesus is delivering exactly what God has been promising for thousands of years to his people. That's why it matters. That's why it's important. Galatians 3.14, Paul even says, listen, what Jesus is doing, what, what Jesus has done at this point, what Jesus delivered to us is a promise fulfilled to Abraham that he would make a people, a huge people. And we Gentiles, we non-Jews, we wouldn't be able to participate if not for what Jesus had done, if not for the coming of the Holy Spirit. Paul says, you all wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be a part of this if it had not been for this massive promise that God gave and God delivered in the person of Jesus Christ and the person of his Holy Spirit that he left behind for all of us to participate in. That's how big a promise it is. Even Paul refers back and says, look, all of you, you're a part of this because because of that, promise made, promise kept. Let's get down to brass tacks. This is what it's about. Folks, you may be sitting here and, and you're appreciating the, the message and, and I get that and you're skeptical. I just want you to know that's okay. I, I want you to know and feel assured that God's not angry with you because you're skeptical and you're unsure. In fact, I think that makes you closer in the search for God than many, many other people. Because at least we're honest about, I'm thinking about it, but I'm not sure. I want you to know it's okay. I want you to also take the challenge. Would you consider looking back at the promises of God that he's made over and over and over again and that he's been, it's been proven to be, be kept? I gotta tell you something. If you wanna know, if you ask me why I believe, I've seen too much. I've seen too many of the promises of God made and kept in my life. 
I've seen too many of the promises of God made and kept in the lives of my friends and people that I've talked to and people that I've met even one and two times or just briefly met watching the promises of God come alive in their life and their lives being completely changed and transformed that this Holy Spirit that Jesus is talking about has moved into their lives and totally changed everything, redirected their lives and now they're living out loud for the cause of Jesus. I've seen too much. Would you be willing to look around and see what I see? Would you be willing to investigate? Is this real? God says, if you seek me, that you will find me. If you look for me, I'll make myself known to you. Hey, listen, you may also be one of those people like, I, I do believe. I, I'm a believer. I just, I'm not experiencing this change that you're talking about. I'm not experiencing this community that you're talking about. You can. Would you ask for it? Would you challenge God? I mean, challenge God. God, will you invade my life? God, I wanna feel this transformation. I wanna be a witness for you. I, I, I wanna do what I see the scriptures, what, what these other people have done. Can I do those things, God? Can you make me powerful like that? Will you allow me to be that person? God says, I will. I will fill you with my spirit. I will put a, a heart of flesh into you and give you life. And then I will make you a witness for me. God says, I'll do that. Ask for it. You may be one of those people that says, I, I'm doing all of those things. I am a witness for Christ. Share it. Share it. Take somebody who is, is working through this and struggling and wanting to be what, where you are and have what you have. Find those people, look for them and share it. That's our job, connecting generation to generation, person to person, straight up to the presence of the Father. That's our job. Don't relent, find somebody. And you know, you know what? You may be somebody that says, I don't believe any of this. I, 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 was on parole and had nothing else to do. I had to watch this video. This is my punishment. Watching you is my punishment, Kelly. Trust me, my daughter would agree with that. Watching you speak is my punishment. You may be sitting there. I get it. I'm sorry. I tried my best for you. Would you at least have the courage to begin investigating? Would you at least acknowledge the fact that yes, people break promises. Yes, things have been broken in your life. Would you at least have the courage to challenge God and see if he will show up in your life. Challenge God and see if he will make a promise and keep a promise in your life. Not will you give me money or let me have a Cadillac showing up. No genie in a bottle promises. I mean real life-changing promises. Would you find someone like me, maybe not me, or find somebody that's similar to me that's had this experience with God? Would you talk to him? Would you ask him questions like Luke did? Would you, would you investigate, talk to people who have firsthand experience? Would you at least attempt that? I challenge you. I challenge you. Be bold. What do you have to lose? You know what? It's been a pleasure talking to you today. This road to the birth of the church is so exciting. So many great things are happening. I sit here today, and many of you are here today because of this promise made and this promise kept by God, by Jesus, and the filling of the Holy Spirit. It's awesome. Let's share it. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your presence. God, thank you so much for who you are and what you've done. It's amazing. 
God, we live in a world of broken promises, but yet your promises stand strong and true from the beginning of time. You've never failed and you never will. And God, I know there's people out there that are like, man, I wish I could believe that. I do. I, I want that kind of hope. I, I, I'd love to, to make that true, but I just don't see it. God, would you show up, please? Lord, would you open their eyes and give them the opportunity to see what you're doing and what you've done? God, for all of those people that call you their God and that name themselves by the name of God, they take your name, God, upon themselves. Lord, help us to live in such a way, honestly and transparently, God, following you constantly, but that, that the emanation of the spirit within us, God, would be so bright and so real that those that are looking would see it, Lord, and be drawn to it. That's our job, God. That's what you made us to do. Please, Father, empower us to do that. God, there's people that are just, they, they don't believe any of this. They, they're so jaded. They've been so hurt and so broken uh, by people and things that have happened to them, God. Man, Lord, please bind them up. God, heal their wounds, Father. Even in the midst of their unbelief, Lord, where they, they don't acknowledge that you're real, you are and you still love them, God. Would you bind their wounds? Give them comfort, Father. Send the comfort of your Holy Spirit to them, Father. Give them the courage, Father, within their hearts to seek you, to find you. I know that you're real and I know that you will show up, God, and you're always acting around us. Oh, Lord, we're all in need today. We need more of you, Father. The spirit you put within us is fighting with the spirit of this heart of stone sometimes that still comes back, God. Just give you full reign to get rid of it, Lord. Give us that heart of flesh and the life that you promised. Keep your promises, God, you always have. Love you, thank you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for worshiping, folks. Have a great day. Stop.
What a great message that Pastor Kelly delivered for us today. We hope that you enjoyed the worship service. Um, again, remember to check out our social media pages and our website to see all that's going on over this next week so that you can stay connected. There is a time that we will be back together, and uh, we want you to stay connected to our website and our social media pages as well as on instructions for when we come back to worship in the building um, as Pastor Jerome will be uh, delivering us more messages throughout the, the weeks to come on how uh, we'll go about doing that. So we want to make sure you're paying attention to that. Um, again, don't forget to be praying for our pastors, James and Charity Anwa in Nigeria. We're so glad that they're continuing to uh, to uh, spread the gospel message throughout the streets of Port Harcourt and uh, ministering to those kids there. And of course, we've got Manu, his family there in India that um, are uh, still continually faithfully serving and reaching the people there. So we want to pray for our, our teams and, and our representatives of Salem Fields that are throughout the globe. We are so glad you joined us, and we can't wait to see you again next week. God bless.